Oh, fantastic, eh? So, so good. Um, I, uh, I think God wants to release something fresh over, uh, fresh oil over you tonight. So just kind of just be expectant for, um, you know, for that. And of course, uh, last two Sunday mornings, we've been at Northern Hills. And uh, so we had our kickoff one last Sunday, and then we had uh, this Sunday morning. And, um, and, and that's, been, that's been really cool. It's been great to see that, uh, you know, plant kick off and, uh, you know, have different people show up and um, just see the, just the freedom in God and God's been working, God's been doing stuff. So, um, you know, you can be here, but you're still with us in what's happening in Northern Hills. And how many know the kingdom of God is about reaching out? And uh, we want to we wanna have a greater impact. How many of you know that, that we have been having people coming across from Tawa and Johnsonville, um, you know, for a while now coming across here? But isn't it so great that we get to go and say, hey, we're going to do something in Johnsonville, Tawa area, plant a church, see what God does. And I've been told, and I didn't know this until today, so I can't verify this, but I've been told that there is no Pentecostal church in Johnsonville. So there is now. And, uh, you know, so uh, anyway, so that's, um, that's been really good. We're expectant for, for great things there. And um, hey, if you've, got your, um, if you've got your Bibles, Mark chapter 5. Uh, Mark chapter 5. I'm just going to talk about this little story that we're going to bounce off um, in a couple of different directions. Um, and this is a story about a woman with an issue of blood. Um, she had a bleeding condition. And, um, and uh, so Mark chapter 5, verse 25, I'm going to read from verse 25. It says that there was a woman who was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And uh, she'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, had spent all she had. So now she has a financial problem as well. Under the care of many doctors, had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus... She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And at once Jesus realized that power had gone out for him. Say the word gone out from him. Power had gone out from him. And he turned around in the crowd and he asked, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said, You see, the people are crowding against you. And yet you ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came, fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told the whole truth and, said, and, and told her. And, she, and he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And be free from your suffering. What an incredible story there. And a demonstration of the reality of the incredible power of reaching out with faith and expectation to touch the Lord. What an incredible illustration there. That, that here's, a, here's a woman who's desperate. She has had a whole history of failed attempts to get better. And a history of failure didn't actually affect her faith. You know, sometimes we can believe God for two weeks. At three weeks. But, you know, hope deferred can make the heart sick. 
And here's a person who has tried doctor after doctor after doctor. And then, then she hears about Jesus and she has faith in her heart. But she says, I don't need to introduce myself to him. I don't need him to um, you know, talk to me. All I need to do is just touch the hem of his garment. And I know that I'll be healed. An incredible thing. And here's, here's Jesus. You know, as he's walking through the crowd, he's pressing through the crowd. He feels an encounter of the presence of God leave him. And yet he didn't know who that woman was. You see, we can, as we put an expectation and a demand on Jesus, we can encounter the miraculous power of God. We can encounter you know, the supernatural as we, place an, as we place an expectation and a faith. Jesus didn't even know she existed and the power of God flew out through him because God is attracted to faith. Smith Wigglesworth had this great quote, and he said this. He said, there's something about believing God that will cause God to, to move over a million people to touch you. Isn't that great? There's something about believing God. And, um, and so people are pressing on every side, but it was the touch of faith. That released the power of God. You see that? So he, he stopped. Suddenly he feels something leave him. And he stops and he says, who touched me? And the disciples are mocking him. Because they're going, who touched me? Like everyone. I mean, there's a mob here. And, and you know, the people are mobbing all around you. We're, we're busy trying to usher you through. We're your bodyguards. There's people here. And so they basically said, Jesus, how can you ask who touched me? Because the list is long and distinguished. I mean, you've been walking through a kilometer of a crowd right now, and then you're wanting to know who touched you. It's form a long line, people. He wants to know who touched him. But see, that whole line, there were people physically touching him, but there wasn't an expectation of faith that put a demand on the presence of God. And we want to be people that say, Lord, when we touch you, we want to touch you with an expectation and faith that releases something of the power of God into our life. Why? For her, she needed a healing touch of, of heaven and God wants to meet our need. But here's the thing. God wants us in this room to place a demand on Jesus so we can release the power of Jesus into a generation that desperately needs the power of God. Now, I've got a message that I can preach if there is an atmosphere of faith. And if there is an ex atmosphere of expectation, and I can't preach it if that isn't there, okay. So I need you to help me uh, today. I need you to help me or I will skip some parts. I'm serious. I'm serious. People will go, that's a reward. Um, you'll skip. Do you promise? Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, there is something that I believe that God is wanting to do and God has been doing and God is preparing to do but he he wants a people here in this place who say Lord we when we touch you we're going to touch you with a faith not just there's nothing wrong with with reaching out to God believing for an encounter for us because we need that. We want that. could be a healing. For this woman, it was a healing that was going to affect her finances, going to affect her relationships. She was ostracized. All of those things. She was financially impacted. Jesus' power healed her body, changed her finances, and allowed her to be part of community. That's what happened. But I believe we want to be a people that can reach into heaven for the world that we live in. And say, God, we're wanting to touch the hem of your garment. 
You see, she heard about Jesus and she said, what I need to do is I need to grab the hem of his garment. I don't know about you, but, but we have heard of the things that God has done. And we want to be a generation that says, hey, we want to grab the hem of your garment, Lord, that we would be able to attract the power of God into our world. See, God wants to take us to heaven, but God also wants to bring heaven to us. God wants to take us to heaven, but He also wants to bring heaven to us, and He wants to bring heaven through us. He wants to bring heaven through us. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4. It says this. It says, And He Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. It says, He gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints. You know, if we look back over the moves of God, we see that particular moves had a particular outpouring. So there would be the, uh, the restoration of the, prophet, uh, the, the office of the evangelist. And there would be a high tide anointing globally on the evangelist office. So there was a move of God and the evangelist was like the key player in that move. And God would restore it. So, so there was a time where really church was about a pastor. In fact, before that, church wasn't really even about a pastor. But God restored the pastoral office to the church. And so the church was about a pastor. And then God did a particular move, the evangelistic time in the, in, in the 40s and in the 50s. He began to raise up uh, and, and various moves of, of evangelists began to raise up the office of the evangelist. And suddenly we go, okay, there's pastors, and then there are also evangelists, because the high tide was on the evangelistic gift. And, and so God restores it back into the church. I believe that God is wanting to restore all of these gifts because of that which God is wanting to do in the times that are ahead of us. And so then, you see, we, we have that. And suddenly then there was a high tide on a different gift. It was the teaching gift. And so the anointing begins to diminish a little bit on the evangelistic, if you look in church history. And then there's a move of God, which is all about the teaching gift. And suddenly you have this Holy Spirit anointed teachers who would just teach the Word. And people would go with their books and their, you know, and their manuals and their notepads. And they would listen and they were so hungry. And the teacher was the most anointed gift in that time. And they would just teach and they would teach and people would be so hungry and it was so anointed. It was giving people such revelation. And so God was restoring the gift of the teacher back into the church. And the, the, the star of that move was the teacher. And sometimes there would be the, there's the different splinters of that teaching. There was the faith teaching and there was just the, the, the revelation of God's Word. And you have people like Derek Prince and others, just super anointed teachers. And, and, and then God moved in a different way and restored the gift of the prophet. So people go, okay, we accept pastors and we accept evangelists. And we accept teachers because before it was like teachers are Sunday school teachers. But now we understand that there is an office of a teacher. But prophets, you know, that was just the people in the Bible. 
And, uh, and, but God began to restore the prophetic. And suddenly, there's a move of God, and there's an anointing that's released on the prophetic, and God begins to restore prophets. And people go, you mean they're not just the minor prophets and the major prophets in here, but there's actually prophets who can live down the road from me. And then people can actually stand up and say, I'm a prophet. You're a what? You're a prophet? You see, because God was restoring the prophetic office, and suddenly the, the prophet had the star of that move. And so there was a high prophetic tide. Are you, are you kind of following this a little bit? And so we're looking through the 80s and through the 90s. God was restoring the prophetic and the office of the prophet back into the church. And in the 2000s, God is restoring and has been restoring the prophet of the, sorry, the, the office of the apostle. And, and, you know, initially when people would say, you know, I, uh, somebody has an apostolic calling or, or, or is an apostle, people would saw that as heresy. They said, you can't be. No, we accept there are prophets. <laughs> and we accept evangelists. But there's just the apostles that are in the Bible. And that's it. You know, there's, there's no other apostles. Come on, are you understanding this? But in the 2000s, God begins to restore the office of the apostle. And suddenly, in these days that we've been in, in the 2000s, the high tide on the gift is the high tide on the apostle. And God's restoring apostles and apostolic ministry, and the high tide is there. And I want to say all of that to say, here is the kind of the, the, the weather forecast of where we're at, in, our, in my humble view, in terms of the purpose of the restoration of God. And, um, and, and, and you know, it's like... I really, haven't you been enjoying the weather recently? <laughs> hey, hasn't it been great? Nice, balmy weather, lovely. Uh, I'm, I'm really impressed. I don't tend to enjoy watching the weather, but when you've got these storms, I kind of watch, uh, I quite, quite like watching the, the weather presenters and, and they've got all their satellite pictures and they're so excited and you go, wow, what a nerd. And, you know, and, and, but, you know, they've got all these wind patterns and satellite pictures and all of this sort of stuff and they're so excited about it. And they're able to tell you in such amazing kind of, you know, accuracy in some ways that we're going to have all of this huge amount of rain sucked up right through over you know, Golden Hills Road in Nelson, you know, and, and so we see, because our property, which, um, which we sold just a couple of months ago, three months ago, is in a place where both sides of the road is flooded, so they can't get out. And we're like high-fiving each other. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and, um, in, but, you know, the kids, occasionally it would, it would flood when we were there, a little, not quite as bad as this, and and uh, the kids were all excited. They didn't have to go to school, but we get the four-wheel drive and still be able to drive them through. They were so disappointed, uh, you know. But I'm, I'm amazed with some of these predictions. You get all the weather, and people know what's going to happen, and uh, they're able to forecast it. And, um, but I would say to you that I believe that there are two significant waves of the Holy Spirit that is coming, that we are in a prelude to a new move. And, and there's, there's two waves, but the biggest wave is the one after the next one, is, is what I would say. And here's what I believe, is that God has restored the apostle. And the high tide mark is on the apostolic in the, in the season that we are in right now. But here's the interesting thing, is that the tide has dropped on all the other gifts. When God restores one, 
the, the tide drops on the other. Are you following this? So when, you've, when you have the evangelist that gets restored, you know, and then, and then it drops a little bit because the prophetic becomes the star. And, 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 and so in this season that we're in, I mean, all those gifts are still functioning and God's moving and there's still anointing there, but the high tide is on the apostolic. But where we're stepping into is that there is a rising tide. There is a rising tide on all the gifts. There's a rising tide on all the gifts. And so if there is a pastoral thing flowing on the inside of you, you're feeling like your tank is getting filled up because, because the, we need all of the fivefold. Come on. In the move of God that's coming, we need it all. And so really God is restoring the full function of all five of those gifts at a top high tide mark. And so the pastoral's coming up and the evangelist is coming up and the prophetic is coming up and the t- even the teachers are coming up and there is anointing coming on all of those. And I tell you, it's going to be amazing to see apostolic teams operating where you have a prophetic person operating at a high tide mark. You see, we're used to one at a time. But the move of God that's coming is going to be all five at the same time. Ooh, that's going to be good. Where you've got the apostolic operating at full tide, but you've got the prophetic operating at full tide. How many have got a bit of a kind of a prophetic leaning? Right? If you've got a prophetic leaning, I can tell you, the tide's coming up on you. The tide is coming up. And the prophetic is feeling it first because you're prophetic. <laughs> wow, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> and so there is, the, the, the tide is coming up on all of the gifts, but the prophetic is noticing it the most. And, and as I talk to prophetic people, they are experiencing a rising tide in the prophetic. Now, if, if you're kind of prophetically you know, wired, give us a wave if that kind of makes sense to you. Is that, you're feeling like there's a bit of a tide coming up or I see those hands, yeah? And it's a prelude to, whoa, to what God is doing. Two waves, apostolic teams or all of the fivefold Operating at, at high tide marks, at high tide marks, but that is the small wave. That's the small wave, because behind that wave is a bigger wave. Because you see, Ephesians 4 says this, he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, listen to this, for the equipping of the saints. Whoa, shakamatai. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So all of these high tide marks, and it is going to be explosive watching the evangelist at high tide mark and then the prophet at high tide and, and the apostle at high tide and, and the pastoral at high tide and the teacher at high I mean, that's going to be amazing. That's going to be a move of God. We're going to be in, in, in some very happy spaces, but all of that is just preparing us, shakamatai, for the big wave. And the big wave is the result of the fivefold operating at a high tide because the saints are getting equipped 
to step into the glory of what God is putting on them. The glory of what God is wanting to do with that high tide is that He is going to release His glory on the saints. On the saints, on the church of God. This is why I say I can't preach this message unless there's a thing, unless there's sort of really the faith for it. Because what I see... So, so people are looking at the times of the, that we're in. And I'm not a great end times person. And so people are like, you know, the rapture's happening now. The Antichrist is, you know, is, is upon us and it's, it's all over. I'm going, yeah, but I can see these two moves. And so uh, I don't mind about the Antichrist. He can jump around and do whatever he wants. I'm going for those moves right there. Because I know that the darkness is going to get darker, but I know that the glory is going to get more glorious and the light is going to get more, more brighter. And, and there's going to be glory and revival and harvest like we've never seen before. I honestly believe the earth has never seen what is going to be happening. The first century church will be the generation that will relate to this generation and the coming generation because they saw their world changed in a generation. And I want to tell you, it was getting dark in their times. They had some crazy Caesars running around. They had some people persecuting them. They had people persecuting them for stuff they shouldn't even mean persecuted. They persecuted the church for communion. Because they thought they were drinking real blood. They, there was a rumor that the church was drinking real blood in their services. They persecuted them because of that. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine you go to heaven early because of a misunderstanding. It was juice. <laughs> But in the midst of all of the chaos, all of the craziness, I mean, I mean the, the early church had to actually bring a declaration to zealous Christians, right? And that was no voluntary martyrdom. They had to tell off the zealous Christians. Okay, because, because there was Christians, they've had a great Holy Ghost prayer meeting, and... Uh, and so they'd run in front of a Roman soldier. This is actually what happened. And they'd go, Jesus is Lord. And he had no choice but to say, no, 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 Caesar is Lord. No, no, Jesus is Lord. And so it was, he'd get martyred. <laughs> and the church had to discourage the youth group from voluntary martyrdom. Okay, so this was the... This was, the, this was some of the stuff that was happening there. But here's the great thing is in the midst of all of the darkness and weirdness and all of the religions and all of the persecution, the church transformed its generation in a generation. It transformed its generation in a generation. And I honestly believe you need to hold on to your seats in the times to come. Now, I haven't got a sense of timing. I haven't. Because sometimes in the prophetic, you see it now. Do you know what I mean? It's like, for me, it's like next week. But I haven't got a sense of t timing. But here's, 
some things that, that I see. And then, then I think we just say, Lord, put a fresh oil on us. Here's, here's, here's what I see. Acceleration like we've never seen before. Acceleration in your gift, in your calling, like you've never seen before. The church has been like an athlete in the blocks waiting for the sprint. And, and they're basically at the place where they say, on your marks. And now God is saying, get set. And here's the thing. We got so used to on your marks and get set and on your marks and get set and on your marks. There's some of that now we're going and taking a little cigarette on the side and waiting for, you know, when's the starter gun going to happen? And here's the thing is that, is that get ready for acceleration like you've never seen. Now what that means is here's what I absolutely believe. I believe, absolutely believe that all the gifts are going to be absolutely essential to bring in everything that God wants to do. And so the acceleration is going to be messy. It's going to stretch. It's not always going to make sense. But if we can run with God, we will live the adventures of heaven. <laughs> Acceleration in your gift, in your calling, like you've never seen. There's a massive change of pace. When, there's, when, when, when this first wave begins to break, there's going to be a massive acceleration that you've never seen before. In terms of in you. Churches planted rapidly. Wholesale season of miracles. More miracles not on a Sunday than on a Sunday. More miracles at workplaces and streets and supermarkets. Significant miracles. Uh, wholesale season of miracles. I mean, when, as, 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 as the tide rises on all of the fivefold, and they equip it was always meant to be that way. It's always meant to be that way. That God has placed these officers that they would equip the saints, that they would step into the glory of their calling or who God made them to be. So acceleration like you've never seen. A messiness because of acceleration. That's what I see. You all right? You doing okay? Still got, still got an expectation of faith? Is that all right? I, I need the right atmosphere or this is just words. But if it's not just words, you'll catch it. Churches planted rapidly, like born and becoming teenagers in a very, very short amount of time. Wholesale season of miracles. Like, like the kids' church. You know, some of them are just, I believe, going to step into massive, significant, miraculous ministries. Now, it, it may start next week for them, maybe as they become teenagers, but they're the generation that will just see this incredible wholesale season of miracles. But, but I don't want to leave it for them. I mean, we've got to grab it. Wholesale season of miracles, a fireworks display of fiery servants getting sent out. 
widespread harvest, sporadic persecution, and glory manifestations. Glory manifestations. Stuff that's common in the Bible, but not common with us. We want it to be common. So stuff that's in the Bible, but it's not common with us. Glory manifestations. <laughs> Habakkuk 2.14, just to sort of blow your mind a little bit. It says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Now, I believe the ultimate fulfillment of that prophecy is when Jesus splits the sky. And really the earth is full of the knowledge of the glory of God. But I reckon these two moves are a great appetizer to that promise. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. What's the glory of the Lord? You know, when, when Moses asked to see the glory of God in Exodus 33, he said, God, that I might see your glory. And this is what God said. God said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. So Moses says, hey, God, show me your glory. And God says, okay, I'm going to cause all of my goodness to pass in front of you. So when we think about a glory generation, we just see so much of the goodness of God passing in front of us. We say, God, we want to see your glory fill Lower Hutt. We want to see your glory fill Wellington. We want to see your glory fill New Zealand. What does that mean? It means that there's so much manifestation of the goodness of God passing in front of us. You know, when we see a miracle, a, a, a transformation, we're just saying, wow, look at the goodness of God right there. Look at the goodness of God. There's lost people just looking at that. And so the knowledge of the glory of God and the goodness of God is filling the earth because then they go to work and they hear about the goodness of God and the glory of God and they see it happening around and about them. Because when the, when the glory of God gets put on the saints of God, we step into really the ultimate fulfillment of what the church is supposed to be. <sighs> Moses said, show me your glory. This generation is a glory generation. The generation that's coming, is, is, is their, their heart is going to be, show me your glory. We want to see the goodness of God manifest on the earth in an incredible way. Some of their faith is going to shame our faith, but it's all right. We can, we can pick it up. Some of their faith is just going to blow our natural expectations of what this kid's generation is really all about. And here's the thing. Moses said, show me your glory. God says, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you. I'll proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And then he says this, which I think is going to manifest amongst the glory generation. He says this, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. You know what I think about that? When we see this wave of God's glory, that's what it's going to be. The glory of God, the goodness of God, right? He says at the end of that, when he's talking to Moses about his goodness, he says, I will have compassion on who I want to have compassion. And I will have mercy on who I want to have mercy. What I see with that is that there are people who are going to get saved 
And you're going to say, when did you decide to follow Jesus? And they'll say, I didn't decide. He decided. Now, I, I know it's, it, that God is going to be supernaturally going, actually, I'm going to show compassion to who I want to show compassion, and I'm going to choose you. And people who say, I don't want to follow Jesus, I don't like Him, I hate this church, all that, suddenly, bang, they're going to have an encounter with the presence of God. You say, oh, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. You know, what about, you know, preaching the God? Yeah, but that's exactly what happened in Acts. He's a guy who says, I hate the church. I want to arrest them. I want to put them in jail. I'm going to go to Damascus. Who's with me? And he's, and he's, he's leading a gang of people to go to Damascus. And he's heading there. And what happens? God goes, I choose you. I choose you. Suddenly he sees the, the, the light and the power of God coming around him. And he falls down on, his on the ground. And he's blinded. And hears a voice basically calling him. He's like, who are you? I'm Jesus. I'm pleased to meet you. You're an apostle. You're going to write a whole bunch of the Bible. I just decided to choose you. Come on, when the glory moves, God just picks people. <laughs> when the glory moves, people are like, man, I didn't have a choice. You go, well, what about free choice? Yeah, well, you know, the Bible also says, you know, you did not choose me, but I have chosen you and I've appointed you to bear fruit. And that's exactly, you're going to see the sovereignty of God's choice in the glory move. And in Wales, we saw a very small touch of that where people would say, I was in my house and I'm feeling frustrated and, and restless. And so I went walking and I turned and I didn't know why. And I went down this road and then I turned and I went down that road and there was a chapel and I walked in and I got saved. A hundred thousand Welsh people got saved in a very short amount of time. And many of them had testimonies that God picked them. They didn't pick God. <laughs> now, it doesn't mean we don't preach the gospel. We don't ask people to make decisions for Jesus. I'm just telling you, the glory generation is going to say, well, God goes, I'm going to have mercy on whom I want to have mercy. I'm just going to pick him. I'm just going to pick her. That's what I loved about the Welsh Revival, where you have a brothel house. And they all just got saved. And then the brothel house becomes a prayer center. And then people came as customers into the prayer center thinking it was a brothel house. And then they got saved. Reminds me of a guy we know who planted a church in Canada. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and so he hired, he was looking around for a venue for a Sunday service. And I'm glad we didn't do this for Northern Hills. But anyway, he found, couldn't find anything. And then he found a place and he thought it was the Polish club, you know, for people from Poland. So, so he, he signed the contract and they turned up and everyone was like, Pastor, this isn't the Polish club. This is the Pole Dancers Club. <laughs> There's all these poles all around, and they're trying to do church, and they got all of these mirrors and all these poles. And anyway, it didn't last long in that place. But you know, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. What an incredible thing that is! I don't tell you, yes. 
Darkness will increase. People say, oh, there'll be a great falling away. There'll be a great falling away and there'll be a great harvest at the same time. You know, there's going to be a falling away of those who are addicted to program church. And then there's going to be a great harvest of people who are desperately needing to get saved and set free and transformed and touched by the power of God. And, ah, you know, the sovereignty of God is going to blow away the over-programmed Western church. Where we think we know how to do church so well and tame God so well and keep Him on a leash and just bring Him out at opportune times. And we think we know how to do church and then the sovereignty of God just breaks through. Come on, before you do an altar call, they will be saved. <laughs> you know, because God just wants to show His glory. Why don't we get the band because ah. when, we, when we see wave number one setting us up for wave number two, then we can start praying the sort of prayers the Bible tells us to pray, which is, ask of me, Psalm 2 verse 8, and I will give the nations as your inheritance. The ends of the earth. I mean, the ends of the earth. For your possession. Where I believe that we can say for New Zealand, we're in the ends of the earth. And we have a promise that through Jesus, we can possess this land in the spirit. Ooh, possession. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. You're wanting to possess us? It is a cult. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> he wants to possess me. But, but in God, that we can say, <laughs> in God we can say, ask of me and I'll make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. And we can possess the atmosphere over this land. It doesn't belong to witchcraft doesn't belong to humanism. It doesn't belong to every other agenda because the church has the biblical mandate to say, Lord, we want to ask you for nations. And we happen to be in the ends of the earth and we say, Lord, give it to us as a possession. Give it to us corporately as a possession in Jesus' name. But the atmosphere can be an atmosphere of freedom and faith. What are we in now? Here's what I believe. I believe we're in a prelude where the gifts are coming up. The tide on the gifts are coming up. And so the gifts of healing, the prophetic, the pastoral, is, is day by day, it's coming up. You know, we're having a flood in certain parts of New Zealand. And we realize... The incredible power of a rising tide. Where you get water coming up in places you don't expect it, it brings transformation. And when the tide of God's presence is coming up on the gifts, it can mess you around in a good way. But the tide of the Holy Spirit is coming up on gifts. We see pockets. Boom, 
starting to say, man, I'm feeling like faith like I've not felt before. I'm seeing healings at a greater rate than before. I'm getting words of knowledge like I never had before. I'm seeing dreams like I never had before. There's a rising tide. Evangelists are saying, man, there's just oil right now. So I, I talk to people and they're interested. And, and I talk to people and they're open about God. Why is that? Because the oil is coming up. We're in a prelude. The oil is coming up. Let's enjoy this season. But I tell you, I believe that we're going into a time where the next one, as you see, all of the offices start to have a high tide so that the glory wave gets placed on the church. Why don't you just stand? Stand where you are, Lord. Lord, we need this atmosphere of faith because, Lord, we wanted to declare something because we feel it at times pop in and then we feel it at times pop out. But Lord, we thank you for the, the moves of the Holy Spirit through history that have emphasized and anointed particular gifts restored them into just normal church life. And we're so thankful for that. We're thankful for the pastoral, the evangelistic, the prophetic, the teacher. We're thankful for the apostle, that which we are in restoration of in this moment. And Lord, we bless every one of those fivefold offices that, Lord, that they would rise in effect, in anointing, in function at a high tide. Lord, we want the pastoral at a high tide. We want the evangelists flying high. Lord, we want a rising tide in the prophetic and in the teaching. Lord, we want the apostolic flying at full speed. Hey, hey. And God, we thank you as that happens that, Lord, your glory begins to rest upon your people. We say, God, you would do it. Right now, why don't you let something of that anointing that's getting released this evening, why don't you let it get in and get a hook on the inside of you? says, Lord, I was called to be part of this generation, of a glory generation. And Lord, if I can be a part of this generation, of a glory generation, I'll pay any price. I'll, I'll do anything because, Lord, I want to be a part of that generation that sees your glory begin to rise upon our land and upon the nations. Until, so, Lord, the earth will be full of the knowledge of the glory of God. We thank you for the moves that are coming. And we say, Lord, as we're in this prelude, we pray that you would help us to get set and get ready so that we can then accelerate in our gifts and accelerate, God, in that which you are calling us into. Companion gifts that are key in that which we're stepping into. The gifts of the intercessor. The gifts of the entrepreneur. There's going to be massive money-making anointed uh, men and women of God who are just finding suddenly millions of dollars are there. But it's, it's there just anointed by God to get released into the kingdom. 
There's intercessors, there's entrepreneurs, there's the prophetic, there's the administrations. Key companions in a move that's coming. And Holy Spirit, we ask you right now, take your very unique anointing for us and put it on our lives right now in a fresh way. Zubrindi masova shubrela masika vataya marunda la sika shubrela la kira deze maranda kalisa kamanda robai shubrefika redeze marakaladezi marashtobar valadanda mandisa kabro la mashoko redende. We thank you for the George Whitfields of the past, but we thank you that Lord this generation is alive now. We thank you for the Charles Finneys. But Lord, we thank you that this generation is alive now. We thank you for the Billy Grahams, Lord. But it's this generation that's alive now, oh God. We thank you for the Martin Luthers. But it's this generation that is owning this season, Lord. Braza bola mashoko ravende rekija braila mouse bro la binde reza kaila haranda. You know, we just imagine that all the chairs were gone. But we don't want to just move the chairs because we just kind of reset the meeting. But imagine that they're gone and this is an altar call right now. Okay, because we want to just, right now we want to worship God, but we want to release the prayer team just to pray and say, God, place that anointing that you have placed upon this life. Place it in a fresh way over them. Help and prepare them for the acceleration of the season that they are stepping into, Lord. And we release faith and glory over them in this season. Altar call is started. You can stay where you are. You can come down the front if there's space down here. And we just want to say, Lord God, we just ask that you'd place your glory, your unique oil over our lives right now. Shobrela, lelezi, marashto, korindi.